The United States has voted against four different UN Security Council resolutions that called for peace in Gaza. The vast majority of countries on earth have called for a ceasefire. However, the United States is standing in the way of the entire international community and preventing peace in Gaza. On February 20th, the United States used its veto power in the UN Security Council to block a resolution that was introduced by Algeria that called for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. The official United Nations news agency created a very useful graphic that shows the 15 members of the UN Security Council, and you can see that 13 of the 15 members voted in support of this resolution. The UK abstained, and the US was the only country that voted against it. But because of the structure of the UN, five countries have permanent seats. Those are the victors of World War II, the US, the UK, France, Russia, and China. And that gives them veto power, which means the United States is able to prevent the resolution from being passed. And the UN Security Council is the only UN institution that actually has teeth, that actually has the ability to implement resolutions so this all goes to show that the United Nations is fundamentally paralyzed because the structure was created in a way where the United States can control everything that happens and the U.S. can unilaterally prevent the entire world from implementing a resolution. And Washington has done this four times in the four months since October. Back on the 9th of December, the United States once again vetoed a resolution in the Security Council. This had been introduced by the United Arab Emirates, and it called for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza, and the vote was exactly the same. 13 countries in support, the UK abstained, and the U.S. voted against. Then, back on the 18th of October, once again, the U.S. vetoed a resolution. This resolution had been introduced by Brazil, and it called for humanitarian pauses to deliver life-saving aid to millions of Palestinian civilians in Gaza. In this case, it was 12 countries in favor, two countries abstained, the U.K. and Russia, and one country voted against it, the U.S. Now, why did Russia abstain in this resolution on the 18th of October that had been introduced by Brazil? Well, that was because two days before, on the 16th of October, Russia had introduced its own resolution that called for a humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. And in that case, this was the first resolution that was introduced in the Security Council involving the war on Gaza since the war began on the 7th of October. So this was just nine days into the war. And in this first resolution introduced by Russia, five countries voted in support of the ceasefire, China, Gabon, Mozambique, Russia, and the UAE. And in this case, four countries voted against, which were the Western powers and also Japan. So the major colonial powers that colonized much of the world, that was the UK, the US, France, and Japan voted against it. And in this first resolution, six countries abstained, Albania, Brazil, Ecuador, Ghana, Malta, and Switzerland. But again, that was because Brazil 
introduced its own resolution two days later, and that was the resolution that almost all of the members supported. Twelve of the 15 members voted in support of that, and the U.S. vetoed it. Now, this latest U.S. veto of the Algerian resolution on the 20th of February is especially scandalous because the U.S. did this after the top legal authority on Earth, the United Nations top judicial authority, the International Court of Justice, which is located at The Hague. Back in January, The Hague ruled that Israel had to stop killing Palestinians And the International Court of Justice said that there is sufficient evidence to investigate Israel on charges of genocide. The ICJ was very clear in its ruling. It stated that Israel must abide by its obligations under the Genocide Convention, and it must stop killing Palestinians, and it must stop causing serious bodily or mental harm to Palestinians. Since this ruling... Israel has killed thousands of Palestinians and injured tens of thousands of Palestinians. So Israel is blatantly violating this ruling from the Hague, the top legal authority on earth. And meanwhile, the U.S. continues to send weapons to Israel to help it kill Palestinian civilians and violate the Genocide Convention and to violate the Hague's ruling. The United States government, the Joe Biden administration, is directly complicit in what the Hague said clearly can constitute potential charges of genocide. The United States is directly assisting Israel and it is preventing the UN Security Council from actually holding a ceasefire and bringing about peace in Gaza and the U.S., is holding the entire world hostage using its veto power at the Security Council expressly in order to prevent the implementation of a ruling by the International Court of Justice. Meanwhile, the United Nations has reported that roughly 100,000 Palestinians in Gaza have either been killed or wounded by Israel or are missing, are trapped under the rubble of the buildings that Israel has destroyed with U.S. weapons. On the 5th of February, the UN World Health Organization reported that 100,000 people in Gaza were, quote, either dead, injured, or missing and presumed dead. And furthermore, the World Health Organization estimated that 60% of the 27,000 Palestinians who had been killed were women and children. The vast majority are civilians. Furthermore, 66,000 Palestinians were injured and required medical care that remained very difficult to access because Israel has destroyed or damaged almost all of the hospitals and medical centers in Gaza. Those were the figures as of the 5th of February. Today I'm recording this analysis on the 21st of February. And the latest estimates are that more than 29,000 Palestinians have been killed by Israel, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry in Gaza. And the Health Ministry's data has proven to be consistently accurate. In fact, as I explained in a separate video, which I will link to in the description below, Israeli intelligence agencies use the Gaza Health Ministry data, its casualty figures, for their own analysis, admitting that it's accurate. 
And furthermore, despite U.S. President Biden's extremely misleading claims to the contrary, multiple medical experts have published peer-reviewed scientific articles in the leading medical journal, The Lancet, also looking at the data from the Palestinian Health Ministry and concluding that it is very accurate. And if anything, it actually understates the number of Palestinians who have been killed by Israel. In fact, the most mainstream of media outlets in the U.S., the Associated Press, AP, published a shocking article that is titled, Israel's military campaign in Gaza seen as among the most destructive in recent history. And I'm going to read a few quotes from this article, once again, from the most mainstream of U.S. media outlets, the AP. Quote, the Israeli military campaign in Gaza, experts say, now sits among the deadliest and most destructive in recent history. Israel's offensive has wreaked more destruction than the raising of Syria's Aleppo between 2012 and 2016 in five years. Israel has also destroyed more civilian infrastructure and killed more civilians than Russia's war in Ukraine's Mariupol or even then the Allied bombing of Germany in World War II. Israel has killed more civilians than the U.S.-led coalition did in its three-year campaign against ISIS in Iraq. And furthermore, this report in the AP notes that the vast majority of bombs dropped on the besieged Gaza Strip are U.S.-made. These weapons that Israel has used to massacre civilians include 2,000-pound bunker buster bombs that have killed hundreds of Palestinians in densely populated areas. The Wall Street Journal reported back in December that the U.S. has been sending Israel these 2,000-pound bunker buster bombs in order to, to destroy civilian areas in Gaza. And the Wall Street Journal reported that between October 7th and this December report on the 1st of December, the U.S. had sent Israel 15,000 bombs and 57,000 artillery shells. In fact, the Biden administration has been repeatedly bypassing Congress using an extraordinary measure to send Israel weapons as it's carrying out what even the International Court of Justice says can be investigated as genocide. And while the Biden administration claims that they supposedly want peace and a ceasefire in Gaza, the Wall Street Journal reported on the 17th of February that the U.S. plans to continue sending more and more weapons to Israel. They reported that the Biden administration has planned another arms package, including roughly a thousand MK-82 bombs, a thousand joint direct attack munitions, and another thousand bomb fuses worth tens of millions of dollars. And this happens while Israel is planning to launch an assault on the city of Rafah in the south of Gaza, where more than one million Palestinians are sheltered, are crammed into this small area after they have been ethnically cleansed from their homes. And the Biden administration claims that it supposedly wants peace and a ceasefire. And yet, not only is the Biden administration continuing to send more and more weapons to Israel, but furthermore, the U.S. has voted against four different resolutions in the U.N. Security Council calling for peace in Gaza. 
And in three of those resolutions, the U.S. was the only country that voted against the resolution out of the 15-member Security Council. The U.S. has vetoed unilaterally three of these resolutions. So the Biden administration does not actually want a ceasefire. It does not want peace in Gaza. And any media outlets claiming that the Biden administration can't do anything and its hands are tied and Israel is acting alone and Netanyahu can't be controlled, that is propaganda. It is simply not true. Those media outlets are printing propaganda for the U.S. government. The U.S. is sponsoring Israel and allowing it to continue to massacre Palestinian civilians, to kill tens of thousands of people, and to ethnically cleanse Palestinians. The U.S. is directly responsible for this war, and if it truly wanted the war to end, it could allow one of these UN Security Council resolutions to be passed and the war would end immediately because Israel cannot carry out this war without US support. What's incredible is that now even the European Union, which strongly supports Israel, but even EU officials are speaking out. Like for instance, the top EU foreign policy chief, Joseph Borrell, on the 13th of February, he admitted that Israel is carrying out a slaughter in Gaza. He used the term slaughter. And he also said that the U.S., you know, they claim that they want peace, but the U.S. continues to give more weapons. So he says, stop saying please and actually do something. Here's this clip of the EU foreign policy chief, Joseph Burrell. I don't pretend to be in charge of the foreign policy of the U.S., have enough with the foreign policy of the European Union. But let's be logical. How many times have you heard the most prominent leaders and foreign ministers around the world saying too many people are being killed? President Biden said this is too much on the top. It's not proportional. Well, if you believe that too many people are being killed, maybe you should provide less arms in order to prevent so many people being killed. It's not logical. They are going to evacuate. Where? To the moon? Where are they going to evacuate these people? So if the international community believes that this is a slaughter, that too many people are being killed, maybe they have to think about the provision of arms. And by the way, today, a court in Netherlands has said, has ordered it to the government to stop exporting the spare parts of the F-35 fighters to Israel in order to be sure that the International Court of Justice rule is being implemented. So I don't know, every member state is a owner of its foreign policy. But this is a little bit contradictory to continue saying that uh, there are too many people being killed, too many people being killed. Please take care of people. Please don't kill so many. Stop saying please and doing something. We've seen the same hypocrisy from the Canadian government. The Trudeau government in Canada said that they're deeply concerned by reports of an Israeli military assault on Rafah. However, at the same time, the Canadian government has approved $28.5 million worth of new permits for military equipment exports to Israel directly during this war 
Well, the ICJ says that there is sufficient evidence to investigate Israel for genocide, Canada has been arming Israel, and yet the Canadian government claims that they're so concerned about the Israeli military operation. This is the incredible hypocrisy. The U.S. and Canada say, oh, we're so concerned about human rights of Palestinians, and we supposedly don't want Israel to attack Rafah, but we're giving Israel tens of millions of dollars of weapons in order to attack Rafah and massacre Palestinian civilians. And in the case of the U.S., the U.S. is vetoing any Security Council resolution that could actually bring about peace and prevent Israel from invading Rafah and ethnically cleansing Palestinians. So it shows that rhetoric doesn't mean anything. Western governments can say something, but it's it's action that matters, not words. And the words of the U.S. and Canada and European governments, by the way, despite those comments by people like Joseph Burrell, their words are not being matched by their action. In terms of their tangible action, they are supporting Israel as it is massacring Palestinian civilians. Here is the report from the official UN news agency titled U.S. Vetoes Algerian Resolution Demanding Immediate Ceasefire in Gaza. And you can see the photo of the U.S. representative to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, clearly quite upset. You know, you can see her face. And obviously, she can understand what's going on. This image is going to be remembered in history around the world. The symbol of the U.S. voting against peace, holding the United Nations and the world hostage. I want to look at a few quotes from this UN News Agency report. It looks at the statements that were made by different members of the Security Council. It quoted the Russian representative at the United Nations who said, quote, Today we have witnessed another black page in the history of the Security Council. He said, The United States is covering up on behalf of its closest Middle Eastern ally and playing for time so that Israel can complete its inhumane plans for Gaza, namely to squeeze the Palestinians out of the Gaza Strip and completely cleanse Gaza. Those were the words of the Russian ambassador. So Russia is formally accusing Israel of ethnically cleansing Palestinians out of Gaza. Now, the Israeli government itself has admitted this, by the way. Back in November, a top Israeli minister boasted that, quote, we are rolling out Nekba 2023. He proudly referred to what Israel was doing as a new Nekba, referring to the mass ethnic cleansing of indigenous Palestinians in 1948, which led to the creation of the state of Israel. That mass ethnic cleansing was called the Nekba, which means catastrophe in Arabic. And Israeli officials have been boasting that they're carrying out a new Nekba, a new ethnic cleansing of indigenous Palestinians. Now, what was even more striking about this UN Security Council meeting is that even France's representative said very clearly, quote, the human toll and humanitarian situation in Gaza are intolerable and Israeli operations must end. That was the French ambassador. So multiple European countries are saying that Israel needs to stop this war, this massacre in Gaza. It is the United States that is continuing to facilitate Israel's military operations, its massacre. Furthermore, the Chinese ambassador 
spoke out very forcibly. He said that the U.S., by vetoing this resolution calling for a ceasefire, is pushing Gaza further into crisis at a time when Palestinians are struggling on the brink of death. He said that the U.S. is sponsoring violence that is destabilizing the entire region and the Security Council must act quickly to stop the carnage. And the Chinese representative called on the international community to give Palestinians a chance to live and to provide justice. But the U.S. is preventing that and the U.S. vetoed the resolution. And this is the fourth time that Washington has voted against a similar resolution since October. Speaking of which, a doctor from the United States published an article in the Los Angeles Times this February titled, I'm an American doctor who went to Gaza. What I saw was not war. It was annihilation. He wrote, I have worked in other war zones, but what I witnessed during the next 10 days when he visited Gaza was not war. It was annihilation. This is a chilling article. I'm not going to read other parts of it because honestly, it sounds like a horror movie. I mean, it's blood curdling and you can read it for yourself, but you know, be, I want to warn you, it is absolutely shocking the things that he described, how he had to perform surgeries without anesthesia, without medical equipment. He described how doctors in Gaza, and there are very few because many of them have been killed by Israel, but the few that are who remain, doctors are being forced to use 19th century U.S. Civil War era equipment to perform amputations on children in Gaza who, and he noted that the vast majority of his patients in Gaza were Palestinians who were sleeping in their beds and at night Israel bombs their house and many of their family members die. But for those who survive, they have to go to these makeshift hospitals that are just crammed full. I mean, it's, it is absolutely horrifying. And it shows that once again, this is not simply a war. The ICJ, the Hague, has said very clearly that Israel can be investigated for genocide. And by the way, I should also point out that that January ruling by the Hague was on one investigation into Israel for genocide, but there's also another case going on right now at the International Court of Justice investigating Israel for its illegal occupation of the Palestinian territories. So this is another case in the Hague against Israel that you should keep your eye on. And by the way, 20 years ago, back in 2004, the ICJ ruled on another case in which they found that Israel's building a separation wall, an apartheid wall in the occupied Palestinian territories violated international law. That ruling, which was on the legal consequences of the construction of a wall in the occupied Palestinian territory, that's the name of the case, Israel was found guilty of violating international law in a vote of 14 to 1. And fun little historical fact, can you guess who the single judge out of the 15 was who voted against this case and in support of Israel's violation of international law? Drum roll, that was the U.S. judge. It was the judge at The Hague who is a U.S. citizen, of course. And speaking of which, 
the U.S. government is actually now threatening South Africa because South Africa introduced the case in the ICJ that charges Israel with genocide. The U.S. Congress is now reviewing a bill that would officially review relations with South Africa and impose what are essentially sanctions on South Africa, accusing this case of being supposedly politically motivated, despite the fact that the Hague ruled very clearly that there is sufficient evidence to investigate Israel for genocide. This shows, once again, that the United States is a rogue state that violates international law more than any other country on earth. And in fact, we saw a shocking example of the U.S. government's mentality toward this, and frankly, the genocidal attitude of U.S. government officials this February, the governor of New York state was giving a speech at a pro-Israel event, and she defended Israel's massacre in Gaza by saying, quote, if Canada someday ever attacked Buffalo, that is in New York state, I'm sorry, my friends, there would be no Canada the next day. So she's saying that Israel has the right to destroy Gaza, to, to wipe off Gaza off of the map because the U.S. would destroy Canada if Canada ever attacked the United States. This is an incitement to genocide. This is a justification of genocide by a U.S. government official. And meanwhile, top United Nations officials, including the head of humanitarian relief for the United Nations, has warned of a slaughter in Gaza and said very clearly that if Israel attacks Rafah, that it will be a slaughter. He said that more than half of Gaza's population are staring death in the face. One million people crammed into Rafah. They have little to eat, hardly any access to medical care, nowhere to sleep, nowhere safe to go. And he said that Palestinians in Gaza are, quote, victims of an assault that is unparalleled in its intensity, brutality, and scope. That is a statement by Martin Griffiths, the UN Undersecretary for Humanitarian Affairs and Urgent Emergency Relief Coordinator. So while top UN officials are warning of a slaughter in Gaza, while even the top EU foreign policy chief also used the same word, slaughter in Gaza. Meanwhile, the US government is sending more and more weapons to Israel and the U.S. is vetoing Security Council resolutions, allowing Israel to continue massacring civilians, holding the United Nations hostage as an obstacle to the entire international community. Now, finally, the last thing that I'll say here before I conclude is that Israel is not only attacking Gaza, it is also repeatedly bombing its neighbor Lebanon, and Israel is now carrying out airstrikes deep into Lebanon, not simply on the border, but deep into Lebanon, including in the Gaza area. And it, Israel is attacking civilian areas, including farm areas. You can find photos and videos of this online. And Lebanese journalists are reporting that this is a massive escalation and essentially, Israel is trying to start a larger regional war to distract attention away from the investigation into genocide and ethnic cleansing in Gaza. So the situation is very dangerous, but here 
at Geopolitical Economy Report. I will always be analyzing the situation to help you understand what's going on. I'm Ben Norton, the editor of Geopolitical Economy Report. If you like the work that we do here, please like and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. And if you prefer listening to all of these episodes, you can check out the Geopolitical Economy Report podcast. I will be back very soon. Thanks a lot.